Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Paris. Hey everyone, we're back with another episode of This is Paris. Today I am joined by my sister Nikki. Hey Nikki. Hi, how are you? Good, I miss you. I miss you. How's the pregnancy going? Good, I'm at the end stretch. So I'm excited and been a little sleepy. Like I just got up from a nap, um, resting a lot, which is, I haven't had a nap in like five years. So being able to rest and catch up on sleep has been nice, but uh, yeah, it's going. Nice. Oh yeah. By the way, I just got delivered your new blondies, those nightingale ice cream bars with the graham crackers and the honeycomb ice cream and I'm addicted. Like I literally How good are they? Insane. I ate five of them. All my friends are complaining. They're like, why are you releasing those during summer when I'm trying to look good? They're so delicious. They're so I'm really, good. really happy with how that came out. They're so good. And Carter and I were eating them again last night while watching a movie and they're just I'm gonna have them send you another box. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Actually, well. yes, please do because they're they're just too good. I, I or you know that. what? You can buy them. They're on Gold Belly, and a portion of proceeds goes to God's Lovely Deliver. So I'm not going to send you them. Go pay for them yourself. Oh, that's fine. And what's the charity? Uh, God's Lovely Deliver, mm-hmm. which is I'm on the board of in New York. And what do they do? 
God's love delivers meals to New Yorkers who are too sick to shop or cook for themselves. And they make med- medically tailored meals for New Yorkers. And they're a great organization. And I'm really proud to be a part of it. Oh, that's sweet. Well, I will order some now. Yes. So I'm very excited about today's guest. It's a show that I've been watching called Inventing Anna. And today we have Anna Delvey. Okay, so she is in the detention center now, but she is going to be calling us from the jail phone. (laughs) I don't know how she's going to call us. She probably has like an iPad or something. I I don't know, but I'm excited for this interview because I was just so fascinated by the story um, inventing Anna on Netflix and she just seems like such a character and I'm just like curious to talk to her no it should be interesting I've been reading about this woman for years and there's just there's so many questions I have so this should be for you know this should be an interesting interview but let's hope she talks because I know she has that book coming out so I feel like she's going to be a little tight-lipped and keep the juicy stuff for the book but you know we'll try <laughs> try we'll, and squeeze we'll some chat out. with her mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think we should approach this interview a little differently because I've been watching her on some of the different podcasts and interviews she's been giving and they're kind of all the same and boring and focusing on the legal charges. And for those of you who don't know, she was arrested in 2017 after defrauding major financial institutions, banks, hotels, and acquaintances. She was sentenced to four to 12 years in prison, and she served nearly four years. And now she's in ICE detention center, but I, I, I'm more curious about her life in New York and how this girl came out of thin air and just infiltrated the New York scene and just misled, or she, you know, she says she didn't, um, misled a lot of people. I'm just very, I'm very fascinated by her. And I have to admit, I had some pushback from some friends being like, why are you guys going to interview this woman? Why would you give her a platform and reward this bad behavior? But my answer is, it's, I'm curious. I think it's a very interesting story that took place in my hometown. And I have some questions. I don't know. She was so close to our New York orbit. And I'm so surprised we never came across her. I know. And just to think about like how many other people who do the exact same thing, like have gotten away with it. Yeah. There's so many people who come into New York and they like act like they have, you know, all this. And then later on you find out it's like either all a lie or something really shady. Um, Yeah. I've just, I've seen it all. Jared took her actually to see a listing for her arts club back in like 2015 or 16. And he said instantly, 
he knew something was off. He said she was not that friendly and that it almost appeared like she read how to act like an heiress handbook. And like, she was just very weird. He asked for proof of funds. She never responded. Um, And then another friend I know also met her. She went to him for investment in the arts club. He also said within 10 minutes, he smelled bullshit, but he was so intrigued by her that he stayed in the meeting for the full hour. He's just like, I'm fascinated. And I think that's really why we're here today. It's crazy how many people that she did trick, like all of these guys, like from these top banks. Like, mm-hmm. It's just, it's such a fascinating story. All right, so she's in the waiting room. Let's bring her in. This is Paris. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. 
Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Anna. Hi, how are you? Good, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. This is my sister. She's in New York, so we have her on the computer. If you could see, like, right here. Hi. Hi, Nikki. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Where are you right now? I'm actually in upstate New York. I'm, like, an hour away from the city in Orange County. Oh, so you're in New York. Yes, 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 yes. Which you guys thought I was. Not in Orange County, California, unfortunately. I was getting it confused with Orange County, California. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you for chatting with us today. Did you think it was very random when you got this interview request from Paris and I? Um, I think one of my friends, uh, they said, like, Paris reposted the Inventing Anna so um, I think that how it came along. But yeah, it was kind of surprising. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've been doing our fair share of research on you. We've, we've watched the Netflix show. We've been listening to the different interviews and podcasts. And I mean, we're fascinated. And Paris and I were saying how we really didn't want to like talk to you too much about the case and you know everyone knows that story we really wanted to just like learn about you and your life in New York um I'm a born and bred New Yorker I love New York and so I feel like that would be my first question did we ever come in contact in New York 
even know. Um, we may have, who knows? <laughs> no, because I, I, rem I read that you were like always at the Bowery Hotel. And I used to live directly across the street from the Bowery Hotel. Like I literally got my mail there and was there all the time. And I was like, I wonder if we ever like were in the same room. We probably definitely have been in the same room. <laughs> I, like, I don't so remember funny. ever talking to you, but we definitely may have been in the same room. I also like interned for a fashion magazine, so like I've been to a lot of shows, and all you guys go as well. So yeah, yes, we used to always go the purple, right? the purple dinner. We used to go to during every fashion week. Oh my gosh! And especially like the one in Paris. I've been to the Paris one like um, what in 2011, 12, 13. Yeah. <laughs> What year was the first year you went to, like, your first fashion week? It must have been 2011. In New York Fashion Week? No, in Paris, because that's this is when I started. And um, in New York, it must have been a, late, a year later, so it would have been 2012. What shows did you go to? Um, in New York, oh, my gosh, I went to Calvin Klein, Alexander Wang, um... Gosh, what else did I go to? Like, McQueen are in Paris. Balenciaga were in Paris. Um, gosh, what else? Yeah. <laughs> I've been to Oslo de la Renta, too, I think. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what was it about New York that drew you? I just love the energy and the people and... Um, I know it just like attracts all kinds of people from all different works of life. And you don't really have the same energy in Europe where I grew up. Like, I grew up in like a very small town and it was like pretty much just white people. I went to Catholic school. So to me, like New York was very exciting because it's just so different from uh, what I was used to. What were some of your favorite places to go out at? Like, did you go to nightclubs or were you more like going to restaurants? I'm already a nightclub person. Um, like, I would go to, like, fashion or art parties, but I would not, like, really just randomly go out for no reason. Um, we used to go to, like, to Up and Down, Cabin Down Below. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, all those places, like Paul's Baby Grand. What else? Like, Le Baron. I think it's closed now. So um, you went out. <laughs> happy Happy ending. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, New York used to be so much fun before the pandemic. No, but so like, I'm reading that it's coming back now. Yeah, it's like finally coming back. <laughs> finally. It's been a while. So you haven't missed much. Hopefully not. <laughs> no. Definitely. What were your favorite restaurants in New York? I kind of switches. Um, I used to go to like Le Cuckoo a lot because I just lived there uh, in Eleven Howard. I also like like Jack's Wife Freedom. I like like Butcher's Daughter, just like the casual places. Uh, I don't know. There's just so much. I love Shuko for sushi. or like mm -hmm. Oya, um, like Maria for seafood. And I'm like vegetarian. I only eat fish. I don't eat meat. So um, kind of like <laughs> it's difficult sometimes. 
I mean, it's getting like it got much better in New York, like vegetarian places. But yeah. What do you think of the dating scene in New York? Of what? Of the dating scene in New York. Gosh, I'm like the wrong person to ask that. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, it's more exciting than anywhere else. Like, it's more exciting than in Europe. But I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'll get back to you on that once I'm out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and how long did you live at um, at the hotel for? Um, for a couple months. Well, I never really had a place in New York uh, before 2017. So I always lived in the hotels before that. But when I was out um, last year in 2021, um, I did get my own place. We also lived in hotels for a lot of our life. And people always ask me, what was your favorite thing about living in a hotel? And I always say the fresh sheets every single day. It wasn't the room service. It was the fresh towels and sheets every day. What about you? That definitely, yes. And it's kind of like you always have a feeling that you're like surrounded by people and you kind of like alone, but you're never really alone. And like you can always ask somebody for something and you don't really have it the same way like when you're just by yourself in the apartment. This is like the feeling I got when I got my own place. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't like really like just go down to the front desk or it's like, there's just nobody there. Like I have a doorman, but they don't really like interact with you like that. <laughs> not the same as a hotel. Like there's just not the same uh, degree of like hospitality, I guess, just like in a building. Mm -hmm. the way you get it in a hotel. <laughs> it's like you're kind of like living with other people without living with them. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. We live you in the world where like, everything, there's something exciting happening all the time. I just remember when Nikki and I were little, we would like sneak into like whatever, like, be, like big events happening when we were like 11 years old and would just like go in and it would just be so much to fun. the ballrooms. To, to explore in the ballrooms, yes. <laughs> it's like you're it's like you're living on top of a party and like you don't really have to participate but you always have the option to exactly mm -hmm. <laughs> oh yeah congratulations on your art show i just saw that you like exhibited your art in uh new york that's pretty thank you. awesome it looked really cool <laughs> i love the presentation of it thank you thank you yeah we planned that one a while how so long have you been doing art um, well, I went to Paris, uh, to Parsons in Paris, uh, for fashion illustration. I kind of stopped. I didn't really like sketch again until, um, my trial, um, because it's just like such an awkward scenario where like you just sit and you have to like listen all day and there is not always something going on in court. So they like kind of stretches of time, but like you're just waiting, but you can't like really sit there, like read a magazine that's completely <laughs> inappropriate. So I ended up like sketching. And one of my first sketches, like, ended up um, in New York Times. This was the one of my prosecutor. And it kind of, like, went from there. I did, like, a couple other sketches um, when I was in Albion because I didn't really give any interviews. And I didn't want to be quoted by, um, by my parole board officers because, like, they kind of use everything against you. They have a way to, like, twist whatever you say into why you should remain in jail. So... That was like a nonverbal way for me to communicate with people. Yeah, I love doing art. And I heard that you're getting into <laughs> NFTs. 
Yes, yes. So it's going to be like a calling card. And um, yeah, it should be a fun little project. <laughs> That's cool. What is the difference between being in the prison and being in ICE? Well, there is none. So um, I'm not in the city because the city does not hold anybody for ICE. Like, it's just like a safe haven. So I sh theoretically, I should have been at Rikers, but I'm not. And this is kind of like the closest place that they have a contract with. But I'm literally the only female in ICE custody. Everybody else is just like for regular criminal charges. So there is no difference. And and what do you do? Like, what what's your schedule like in there? What do you wake up and do? So jail is different from prison. Like, in jail, they don't, like, make you do anything. You just do whatever you want because jail is, like, it's technically pretrial detention. And uh, the only pur purpose of people who are in jail is, like, for them to hold you until your next court date. And um, I'm just kind of on phone calls. And, like, I text people. I used to work on my art show. Um, now it's done. I'm still working on my book. Um, I'm also doing my own podcast. Uh, <laughs> just like taking full advantage of this tablet. So I have this video app. So I always have something going on. You have a telephone with you now? You can text and stuff? No, I have like a tablet. So I don't have like free access to the internet, but I have messaging. And this is how I video you. And uh, I have, like, access to the news, but no social media and no Google. But it's, like, very limited. This is Paris. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, 
if someone presented this program to me and not just because I've already experienced it. Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I had a question, just backtracking to the hotels. What stood out for me in the Netflix show is how in the hell did you check into these hotels and charter planes without a functioning credit card? Because I, I know, like... For me, if I walk into a hotel and I don't have a card that can swipe, they're not letting me in. I don't even think Paris, the Hilton Hotel, would let us check in without a functioning card. So how, how did that all go down? Because that was, like, very peculiar. Uh, I think Netflix is a dramatized version of events, and it's not, like, really how it happened. Usually, like, okay. I don't know, for example, with 11 Howard, I did check in with a credit card, but then, that would, you know how, like, they just randomly pre-authorize your card, and, like, yeah. you can't, they cannot really control it, and, like, you cannot really control it either, and, like, my debit card, for example, would have, like, $25,000 daily limit, but if they use it randomly, I cannot use it anymore, and, like, bank cannot fix it, so... um 
I would just like make an arrangement with them where I would like wire them the money. And I did do that. So <laughs> I think it's like a big misconception that I did not like pay 11 Howard. But, um, no, yeah, I read you paid 11 Howard. With them. <laughs> you, lo you were big so, on wiring. You loved to wire money, huh? <laughs> um, no. and That's your famous line from the show. I haven't watched the Netflix series myself. I only like watched bits, bits and pieces. So I'm uh -huh. sure like they over um, exaggerated some parts, but. <laughs> so which parts were you upset about that they put in that weren't true? Um, I'm not really upset about anything because I don't really see it as a, like it's not a documentary. So it's just like Shonda's creative work and it's inspired by my story and like people should just take it however they want to take it. Um, mm -hmm. It's not up to me to like sit here and take it apart piece by piece, uh, like pieces by pieces. So yeah, I just don't think that's not the purpose of it. I don't like people ask me if I faked a suicide or something to not pay. Like I've never done that. That's just too crazy. Um, I would never do that. So <laughs> hopefully people don't think that's true. <laughs> Yeah, that was in the scene in Los Angeles where you went to Passages. I'm just curious, how how did you like Passages? Because I know a few people who have been there and the the Malibu rehab scene is quite comical at times. I'm just wondering, um, did you feel it helped you? Well, I didn't go there like for any addiction really, but people there who I knew um I don't know I don't feel like anybody can really help you unless you want to help yourself I agree <laughs> I don't feel like it doesn't matter where you go to to like the best rehab or the worst unless like you decide for yourself mm -hmm. like what to do with your life like it's just kind of secondary it's a nice place though <laughs> It's nice, right? <laughs> and you were also staying at the Chateau Marmont in LA, right? Yes. Did you like that hotel? Yes, the, the employees are very, very nice there. I actually like been reading all this coverage that most of the people have been laid off and like they yeah. did not get paid anything. And I find like this is very frustrating because I felt like this is what made the place. And not because the place is whatever, it's pretty, but it's like, you just have so many beautiful properties around the world. This is not what stands out about the Chateau. It's like the people who work there. I don't mm -hmm. know exactly who, who's who been like laid off, but just like thinking back, it's probably not the same as it used to be. Would you mm -hmm. have ever have thought that you would have a television show about your life? <laughs> no, absolutely not. It definitely was not <laughs> the purpose of the whole thing, but... <laughs> just life works out like in crazy ways have you been getting lots of fan mail i definitely was yes i get a ton of letters uh <laughs> all kinds of crazy stuff a lot of like marriage proposals definitely more <laughs> before i was like charged with any crimes which is interesting <laughs> any good ones that you like uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm like, I'm willing to go that route yet. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want to get married and, and have a family one day? Um, I don't know. I honestly don't care if I get married. 
like this is really not like a goal I'm setting for myself like maybe later I'm just kind of trying to focus like on sorting out what I have going on right now and um, I think if anything I've learned like planning long term like often does not really work out the way <laughs> the way it's supposed to so like I had so many plans I had like a five-year plan 10-year plan and like look at me now <laughs> and what is your plan when you um go back re-enter the real world are you still wanting to do the social club no absolutely not I just think like I've been through so much and um it was a nice idea but I started it when I was like 23 24 25 and I just like can't ignore the experiences that I've been through I don't feel like the world just really needs another social art club and it's so interesting because since you have been away, New York has opened up so many different members only clubs. So you were, you were onto the right track. I know, right? I mean, it is good for them. Like I have no hard feelings about it. I'm just not interested like in pursuing something like that anymore. So what, what's your plan? Well, I have like multiple projects I'm working on right now and, um, I would love to like do something with criminal justice because I feel like I have this unique position where I've been for the system and I know exactly what's wrong and I have so many ideas how it can be fixed. It's like I never said that the system is bad or there should be no jails. I just feel like the rules should be there, but they can be so much better. And um, I think I should definitely use my voice to um like to advocate for a change because it's just so crazy there are so many people who think like oh the government they just know what they're doing but they don't really because it's not really them sitting there day to day and nobody cares or listens to the people like to the inmates Mm -hmm. so like trying not to waste waste uh, that opportunity and they're just like so many mistakes like it could have been so much better has anything yeah. crazy happened in there with any of the other inmates? I mean, crazy things happen all the time here. It's just like, it's kind of the same as real life. Like, I've saw, I saw a lot. I saw, like, I don't know, just girls, like, losing custody of their kids, losing jobs, just because they were, like, in jail for two or three weeks. Or somebody made a mistake. Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just all kinds of scenarios playing themselves out, like, on a daily basis. How long yeah, have you yeah, been, been in there, in this place? I've been here since June last year. Are you so bored? Um, I'm, like, bored of this lifestyle, but I'm not, like, bored on a daily basis. Just, I don't know, maybe, like, I'm just fake busy, but I always have something going on. And um, I, don't know, but I cannot wait to get out of here. <laughs> I would not recommend this to anybody. Do you have friends or family that come visit you? Yes. Well, my family is in Germany, but I have lots of friends in New York. And uh, yeah, I get visits all the time. Do they let you visit face-to-face or do you have to do it behind the glass? It's behind the glass because of COVID. What has been the hardest part? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. About visits because it's just 30 minutes. So I just like video chat with people a lot. 
Mm-hmm. What's the hardest part about just being there? I just like not being able to do anything for myself. So like I have to ask other people for everything. Like I have to rely on everybody. Like if I want to get like a Vogue, I cannot get it myself. I have to ask somebody and like make sure they actually do it. And it's really frustrating. I don't feel like this should be in a, this experience like this. It's just, yeah. It's just like, it's just, like people should be self-sufficient. Like, like I'm lucky I have a huge support system and I have like a lot of people who do a lot of things for me. And like, I literally would not be able to do anything from here if I didn't have their help. And I'm just like thinking or like looking at other girls who it's like, who is responsible for you? And I'm like, they kids or they parents or like they boyfriends. It shouldn't really be like that. You should not become a burden on everybody who is like, uh, who you surround yourself with just because you're in jail. <laughs> but there is no way to like do anything for yourself in here. Like you cannot get a job. You cannot go and like order anything. You're literally like relying on other people's kindness in a way. Mm-hmm. You've made a lot of friends in there. Um, like I'm friendly with people, but it's like constantly rotating. Like nobody really stays here for too long. I'm one of like the longest, um, staying people here. Like people usually come here or like they just get bailed out or like they go upstate to prison or they go home. Um, yeah, but it's definitely been like fascinating to see like everybody has a story and, uh, yeah, it's just like a totally different life that, um, I've been exposed to. Like, I would not have had all any of these experiences had I still been, like, in New York or London or Paris, like, doing the art club. Do you plan to come back to New York? Like, where? what's your dream scenario? Where do you want to live when you get out? Well, I, yeah, ideally, um, I would stay in New York. Yeah, that's kind of the main goal here. Yeah, I love New York. Like, it means a lot to me. I have a lot of people who I consider my friends and kind of like my whole adult life I lived out like when while being in a city yeah. and I just like never really felt home like I lived a, a little bit everywhere I spent like two years in Paris I lived in London for like a little bit but I never really felt like home anywhere like and you know well like I'm in Paris I always think like oh I just like I can't wait to go back to New York while like when I'm in New York, I don't really like, I'm not dying to go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And what do you think the biggest misconception is about you? Um, gosh, I don't know. I think there are a lot, I guess like, I'm just like this stupidly untitled person. Um, I think I consider myself like pretty reasonable. (laughs) I read that you said that you never told people that you were a German heiress. Is that true? Yeah, I absolutely never told any such thing to anybody. And like, they just kind of put the pieces together after the prosecution released the the press statement. All right, I know that you have to go, but just wanted to say thank you for coming on the show and we enjoyed speaking with you. Bye, Anna. Bye, Anna. Thanks for listening to This Is Paris. We love hearing from you. So leave us a review. Send an email to paris at iheartradio.com. Leave a voicemail at 833-87-PARIS. And follow us at This Is Paris Podcast. Bye, babes. Follow Paris at Paris Hilton and follow Hunter March, host of E's Nightly Pop at Hunter March. 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.